Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Good morning, church. Happy New Year. How many of you are ready for 2023? Like it or not, it's here, right? Don't have too much of a choice. We're here. But I believe that God has awesome things in store for us as we uh, incline towards him and as we ask him to lead our lives and, and trust in him. So welcome here. If you're here for the first time, welcome here. Um, we had just the announcements, the announcement on the Daniel fast. Every year we start uh, by this where we want to focus on God. Uh, we understand when it comes to our bodies, we need to rest and and the Sabbath is important for us to rest where we um, renew our energy. And uh, it's good to go on holidays because it's good just to, uh, to uh, disconnect, right? And, um, but when it comes to focusing on God, it's the same thing. Sometimes we need to have a time where we say, okay, God, for this period of time, I'm going to focus on you more. We're called to focus on the Lord all the time. But it's, uh, I think it's important for us Sometime in a year where we say, okay, God, these three weeks will be centered around you where I'm going to put things aside to come into your presence and, and tap into your presence. And the idea of Daniel fast, while well, it's found in Daniel, the prophet Daniel, in chapter 10, verse 2, where it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the the three weeks. And so what Daniel did is that he set himself apart to seek the Lord's face. And what he did, he repented for the Israelites that were in captivity in Babylon as he prayed facing Jerusalem. And also it was a time of, of saying, God, I want to stay Focus on you. I, I, I want to remain undefiled. And so we invite you in this season just to take some time aside. I know there's some of us that we like to watch our TV shows, and there's nothing wrong to watch with TV, but why don't we try to take more time aside to connect with God in the evening or in the morning where we say, God, we, we want you. We want you to lead. We want more of you in our lives. So in the next three weeks, we'll put an emphasis on this. Like it was mentioned, we're having prayer meetings every week. But, but in your personal life, I invite you to go for God to take a time aside to focus on him. And like it was mentioned, like what Brenton mentioned, uh, fasting is, a, is an act of worship. It's not a sacrifice that you do to have God's attention. It's a way to say, God, I prefer you than all this, and I'm focusing on you. And, and I believe God responds to that. And uh, it's an act of love where we say, God, we love you, and here I'm consecrating this time to seek your face. So we invite you to jump on board and to give that a try. If you haven't, um, it's it's fun, it's it's fun. You might say, well, well, what's about what's fun about um, putting caffeine aside or whatever you have on uh, at your heart on your heart? It's awesome to be able to connect with God and to say, God, hey, I'm putting you first in my life. So hey, I challenge you with that. All right, we'll go to His Word. I would ask you to stand, and we're just going to place ourselves before Him this morning. <clears throat> Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and for who you are and what you want to do in our lives, and what you have in store for this new year. And I pray a blessing on each person here, that you would shower them 
of your grace and that you would speak and, and reveal your heart, your thoughts to them. I also pray that this morning would be a platform for you to reveal your heart and your thoughts. May you help me to communicate what you've placed on my heart. And I pray, Father, that you would go beyond me by the work of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak and reveal the thoughts of Christ so Father can be glorified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we're starting this series on more, uh, and uh, that's going to be the theme for the Daniel fast, more. And, and I believe that God has more for us, and, and I believe that God has things in store where he wants us to experience and, and things he wants us to tap in. And, and, and sometimes what happens, we, we think that as we, let's say, mature or as we uh, get older, have a senior, we, we think there's some seniority as we go forward in the Lord is there's nothing more to learn or there's nothing more or there's not there's nothing to grow in I understand I know all things but the reality is we're all called to to um, to see more we're all called to experience more and I believe that there needs to be a pursuit of the church for more of God I remember many years ago, I, I was talking on having more, and, and a lady came to see me after the service and, and said, well, you, we have, there's no place for more, and, and, and yeah, and when I remember her saying this, it, it was like, no, there's, there's, there's more than the status quo. What we experience now is great, and it's awesome, but I believe that God wants to do a new work in us, and the Bible talks about a new work, right? Talks about a new song, a newness, and I believe that this is what God wants to do in the next three weeks. He wants to renew us. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to speak to us. And, and he wants us to, to experience him. And there's a need for that. There's a need for more. And like, what I'd like to focus on this morning is to understand God's provision. That we're called to depend on his provision. And um, if you have your Bible, take a look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. Can you tell your neighbor unlimited resources? It's pretty, it's an impressive prayer that uh, Paul is praying for the Ephesians, right? He says, I pray that from his glorious, and when it talks about his glorious, it talks about who God is, that he's above his creation, that he's um, self-sufficient, that he is God, and it says there's unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So he's praying for the church to that they would experience his unlimited resources, and it says, it says in verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. When it talks about having Christ in, in us as, as in a home, it's, it's more than just to see God um, abide in us. It talks about seeing Christ active in us and alive in us. So he says in verse 17, and Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So what Paul is saying here, the key for us to stay strong is to be grounded in God's love. And he says in verse 18, and may you have the power to understand or the revelation as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And he says in verse, 18, verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ uh, though it is too great to, to understand it fully. 
But what he's saying here is that the foundation of life, it's to know that God has an affection for us, that God loves us, that God has a plan for us, and that God wants to walk with us and intervene in our lives. And it says, and then he follows, he says, then you, will, then, he, then you will be made complete or you will be fully equipped with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all the glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask, think, or imagine. Can you tell your neighbor infinitely more? Mm. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generation forever and ever Amen. So what a text, when you look at these verses, it talks, it, it, it reminds us or it, it focuses on three main thoughts. And the first one is where Paul prayed that God would empower them um, with inner strength by his spirit with his unlimited resources. That God wants to empower me inside by his Holy Spirit with his unlimited resources. And he says in the second prayer, or the second part of the prayer, is that they would receive revelation of how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is, causing their roots to grow down in God's love and to keep them strong. And then the last part of the prayer, he says, now all the glory to God who is able through his mighty power or his unlimited resources at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we can ask or think or imagine. So, so, so what Paul talks about here is, is our need to make God our solution or to understand God's provision. To understand God's provision. I remember when I bought my first car. It was a, uh, a 1974 Astra. So if you want to show the picture there. That was my first car. It didn't look as nice as that. It didn't have the, the, white, uh, the two white uh, stripes but it was like the same color, and I paid around $300 for it. That was a steal. But let me tell you that it needed a lot of work. I'd like to have that car now. <laughs> but I remember when I took the highway, I really had to pray because I didn't know if I was going to make it or come back home. And one of the first things I noticed with the car is that the fuel gauge was broken, so it was always on empty. And uh, I remember I had... I was driving people, like I used to plant trees when I was a, a student, and we used to go in the bush and, and plant trees, so I, I had some people with me, and, and uh, they would look at the gauge and say, Claude, you're going to run out of gas. I would say, no, no, it's all good. Well, your, your light is on. Well, it's okay. It's all fine. And, and, and they had to trust me that I had fuel in the tank, but, but the gauge said empty, and, and the light said that I needed gas. Uh, one thing I did need all the time was oil. It was like I had kind of a blue smoke when I was uh, driving. It was burning a lot, of, a lot of oil. But when it comes to the gauge, is it always marked empty. And sometimes when it comes to our life as believers, we, we look at our lives, we look at who we are, and we think that the gauge is empty when we have a full tank. And I think there's a lot of us, when we look at life and we look at what's before us, we look at ourselves. We look at our own abilities. 
We also analyze ourselves or, or we define ourselves by uh, our mistakes or, or the past and, and we box ourselves up and we look at who we are and we look at our failures, we look at our limitations and what happens is that we look only at the emptiness of, of the gauge and we forget that in God there's a, a tank that is full. Like it's okay to admit that we're little. It's okay to admit that we have limitation, but I cannot live my life focusing on my limitation or my littleness because the reality is God knows my littleness. God knows that I'm not able. God knows the issues I'm dealing with, but what he wants to be for me, he wants to be my source and he wants to help me. He wants to journey with me. He wants to be my full gas tank. And the problem is that we look at ourselves and in our own righteousness, and we compare ourselves to others and we see ourselves come short and we live like, like we have an empty gas tank. And when you have an empty gas tank, you don't go very far. Let's say, for example, the people that came in my car, that uh, passengers in my car, they would have came in the car and they would they look only at the gauge. There's a good chance that they would have never left the driveway. Like I was willing to leave the driveway because I remember going to the pump and filling up, Right? And so I know, I knew that I, would, I was able to go forward because I knew I had gas. It's the same thing with us. And listen to me well. We live in this system, religion, this, this religious system where it all falls on us. And we think it's up to us, but it's not. God knows who we are. God knows the struggles that we face. God knows our limitations. God knows our failures. God gets that. But it's not because of your failures and your errors and your limitation that you have an empty tank. If you focus on yourself, you will see always an empty gauge. Would you agree with me? If you focus on your life, there's always going to be that thought, well, I'm, I'm on empty. Yeah, you may be on empty. You might have limitation. You might be dry. But that doesn't make God dry. That doesn't make God empty. That doesn't make God not being your provider. I'll go a little deeper. I didn't share that in the first service. I remember not being a believer. I remember seeing my family not being believers. And they were praying and God answered. Like, we were lost, and forget about being dry, we were dead, and God still intervened and responded to us, because it was not linked to us, it was linked to his grace. It was linked to his desire to provide. His goodness leads me to repentance. And when I see God's provision, when I see God taking care of me, when I see God answer my prayers when I should not receive an answered prayer because I don't deserve it, this is where it brings, it should bring me to a place of brokenness and repentance. But what we've done is we've created a box and a system of rewards. And then because of that, we miss out on God's resources because we focus on us. And it's such a lie because we're preventing ourselves of moving forward. We're preventing ourselves of experience the, 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 the provision of the Lord. And because of that, we fall in guilt and we fall in our limitation. We only focus on us and we don't do nothing for God. We don't step out. We don't, we don't try again because we think it's impossible because we're staring an empty gauge. And all this time, you've got an empty tank. You've got a full tank, sorry. 
You're focusing on an empty gauge, and all this time you have a full tank. I like what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So how will my God meet all my needs? According to his glorious riches. Not according to my self-righteous. Not according to my performance. Not because of my acts. But only because of his glorious riches. And Paul prays that for the Philippians. And my God will meet all your needs. So, so when it comes to more in my life, I need to realize as I'm moving forward, there's resources and provision in God. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you deserve it or not. Did you get this? It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you deserve, deserve it or not. God still wants to provide to your needs. And that will cause you to change your life and fall in love with God. And then one day, when we'll see him face to face, we'll throw our crowns at his feet and we'll say, God, you did it all. We'll never be able to stand before him and God, yeah, part of this was my, my making. It's not our making, it's God's making. So it's important for us to realize that as you do life, as you're walking through life and you're, uh, you're addressing your marriage or, or you're working on your marriage and you're working on your future, you're working on raising your kids, you have to realize that your resources, your strength is found in God, right? It's found in him. And there's more. And this is why it's so impressive when you look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that his glorious, in, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. What a verse, right? I'll ask you a question. What are things in your life that you've given up on that you should not have given up on? Or what are the pe- who are the people that you've given up on that you know inside that you shouldn't? Is there things in your life that you gave up and you know that in, in the depth of your heart you know you shouldn't, shouldn't have? Or are there some people that you gave up on and when you go before God, you know that you're not called to give up on them? And, and there's, I know there's some circumstances in life and I can't put everything in the same box But what we need to do is to go before God and say, God, is there something in my life that I gave up on that I shouldn't have? Or people that I gave up on that I shouldn't have either? And this is where it doesn't stop at my abilities or my righteousness or or, or who I am. It goes to God's resources and God's, um, what God can do. And so my challenge for you is, listen to this, my challenge for you is whatever you're facing Whatever you are, you might be seeing an empty gauge, but it doesn't mean there's not resources for you to do what you're called to do. When I talk about the resources that are found in God, I'm not talking resources just, to, just for you to, to, to do whatever you want. Because we know that God is on the throne, I'm submitted to him. And my call is to do his will and, and to align myself with him. But I need to know this. That in God, there's resources and provision. I need to know that. That when you face your marriage, you face obstacles and challenges, you got to know that there's resources in him. That when you come into a place, let's say you come in the bush, and you seem surrounded by a bush, there's always a trail. There's always a way out. 
God always has a solution. There's never a dead end with God. There's never a place where there's no hope with God. Sometimes we get to there, right? In our marriage, in our relationship, in our personal life, in our career, whatever is before us, we come to a point, we find a dead end. But with God, there's not a dead end. So what we're called to do is, God, I'm seeing empty right now, but you're not empty. So so what is your plan? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What what do you want to fulfill um, in this situation? Because there's always a way out with God. Can you say that to your neighbor? There's always a way out. There's always a solution. There's always an answer. You're never alone, okay? So don't see your life controlled by the gauge of your life. Be controlled by God's provision. Be controlled by God that is with you, that is is able to do beyond what you can ever imagine. And and sometimes what happens is we give a try and we work hard and it still doesn't pan out and so we give up. But this is where we have to go to God and say, God, I'm still seeing an empty gauge here, but inside, help me to believe that there's a full tank. Help me to believe that in you, it's possible to see the breakthrough or to see, to see, um, to see your will be uh, flourish uh, in my life and, and through my life. So, so how, how do I see that in my life? How do I see God's provision in my life? The first one, the first thing I want to say to you is don't settle for less. Don't compromise. Don't give in. Don't give in and don't give up. I'll give you an, a picture, an illustration for that. I remember many years ago, I was fishing from the dock. And when you fish from the dock, you need to have good spool full of, of, of string. And, and the thing is, you don't want to have a, a too high a caliber or a, a thickness of string because it won't cast very far. Because when you're in a boat, it doesn't matter. You can bring your boat wherever. But when you're fishing from a, a dock, you want to have the distance, right? And so you, what, what you want to hear is... That's what you want to hear, right? So you got this, you got your lure, and, and the heavier your lure is, the further it goes, right? So then you want to have a good setup, and then you cast, and you want to hear, and so you're just casting, and you're, you want to find the best place, and you want to have a lot of different angles, and you're moving on your dock or on the shore, and you're just casting. And there was this guy that was beside me, I didn't know, and he was casting from the same place where I was, and his cast was, it was like, it's like it was short, and it would like jerk back. And, and I was saying, man, that's not fun. Like he has no distance, right? He, he's just fishing in front of him. And so I went to see him, and I saw that he had a bird nest in his, in his reel. What is a bird nest? That's how we call it. It's kind of when, when your string is all mixed up. Right? It looks like a bird nest. And sometimes you can have a major bird nest, right? Have you ever had a major bird nest? And you look at your reel, ah. But he had a small one, not a major one, just a small one that would prevent his string to go long distance because the string would go out and hit this knot and then would jerk back. And I was telling him, well, we, we, you can fix that. And he says, well, it's, he answered me, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Okay, yeah. True, it's better than being in your car and not fishing. But you got this pool full of string and you got this little um, bird nest in your reel and it prevents you of casting long distance and, and you're saying that you're good with it. Like, I understand there, there's a need for contentment. I get that. 
I understand that we got to be happy with what we have, and we got to rejoice in the Lord every day. That it's not going to be more that's going to make us more happy, because when we have that more, we want more. And we understand that, right? So we, we want to live with contentment, but there's also this, this place in life where we have to be discontent. We say, God, you got more for my life. When it comes to your marriage, imagine that that's how you treat your marriage. Well, at least I'm married. You know, you, it's, you got a little bit of it, a little bit of joy, a little bit of sex, a little bit of, you know. But hey, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's better than nothing. When you can have a full life and a joyful life with your wife or your husband. It's, it, and how do I see this is when I understand God's provision. That God has a way and God can provide and, and God can help me out and, and God has a solution. It's so important for us to understand that. I'm not called to live life and, and just to be content when God has more for me. You see? And some of us, that's how we live our lives. We're happy with that little, that little, and when God has way more, way more. And, and what happened is that we develop a, a small brand mindset where we think that we are not able to tap in what God has in store for us to fulfill his plans and his will. Because God wants to work through in, the, in, in this next year. He wants to work in your marriage. He wants to work with you and your kids. He wants to work at your workplace. He's got tremendous things he wants you to do. But realize that it's found in him. And that you are called to dream and expect because of him. Not because of you, but because of him. Like in John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life with a little zing or, like a, or a zzz. God wants you to have a zzz life. And what he's calling you to in your marriage, in your family, it's, I'm not talking here about perfect. I'm not talking here about not having obstacles. But I'm talking about freedom inside. And that's what Jesus was talking about in John 10, 10. He was talking about inner freedom, where you're free inside, you're not boxed inside. You don't have any resentment, you don't have any bitterness, you don't have uh, guilt, you're free in the inside. And you can experience that. So don't be content with resentment, with a box, with a cage, when you are able to run freely and have a zing for your real, Right? So I don't want to have a fatalist approach to life where there's no hope or with no expectation. Secondly, how do I tap into God's provision? It's to remember that it's one step at a time. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. One of the major issues that we deal with when it comes to trouble in our lives is that we don't have a plan. We don't have, we don't have a plan. Let's say if I focus on marriage uh, and, and for those that are not married, it could be your personal life. It's, it, it comes to the same thing. Where do, you wanna, where do you want your marriage to be? How, like, I'll rephrase this. How do you want your marriage to be? It will, will, it, will, it, will, it, will it happen? Will you have a healthy marriage on, on your own, on its own, without any effort? Will it happen by itself that you will have a healthy marriage? No, it's like, for me, I can't, but I've got too much weight on right now, and I'm going to lose some weight. It's not going to happen by myself. It's not about looking in the mirror and saying, weight, go away. 
I wish it would work, but it's not going to happen, right? But, uh, but, but what I'm trying to say here is, is that I need to have a vision. I need to have a goal. And, and that's what you find in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. Listen to this. Look straight ahead. Like, have a plan. Have a goal. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. So what do you want to see? What do, what do you think God wants to do in your marriage? What do you think God wants to do in your life? You, you, want to have, you want to ask these questions because you need to have answers to these questions. And because of that, you look at verse 26, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Because you looked ahead, because your eyes are looking ahead, because you got the vision of God, what happened is that you mark your path uh, of your feet and you stay on the safe path. Don't be sidetracked because you want to fulfill your plan or the plan that God has for you and keep your feet from following evil. And what will prevent you of uh, having your feet following evil is when you have a vision and a plan. You see? And this is where you find provision. You say, God, I want to have a healthy marriage. Help me. I want to have a healthy life. Help me. I want to have influence at work where godliness transpires through my life. Help me. And you'll find your resources in God. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by the big picture and we look at, the, we look at what needs to be fixed and we're totally overwhelmed by it. But the big picture is a combination of small ones. The big picture is a combination of small ones. Small decisions equals big decisions. It's never overnight. Like when God gave, uh, um, when God gave the promised land to, to the Israelites, it, it was like step by step and God gave direction. So how do I tap in God's provision? First is I, I, I've got to, I, I, I'm not called to settle for less or compromise. I've got to go for what God has in store. Secondly, one step at a, at a time. Thirdly, I've got to expect setbacks. When God gave the promised land to the Israelite, there was Jericho. Imagine this, eh? I give you this amazing land to conquer, and then you have this fortified city where you have chariots racing on top. Well, God, you gave me this land, and now there's Jericho. Mm -hmm. It's not because that God, it's not because God gives you Jer uh, the promised land that you won't have Jericho, but J Jericho was called to be conquered. So when it comes to tapping to God's pr uh, um, provision, I need, or to enter in what God has in the store, I got to realize there's going to be some setbacks and there's going to be some challenges. There's no victory without battle. There's no winning without a position. There's always going to be resistance. But the last thing I want to do is to shrink back, you know. So how do I, how do I tap in God's provision? I, I rely on God, and as I go forward, I expect setbacks, but I know that God will carry me through. Number four is I got to take time to listen. I got to take time to listen. I got to listen to people around me, godly people with godly influence, you know. I can't. I can't live the solitary life or walk the solitary path. I, I like what James chapter 1 verse 19 says. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I, I think that's the key thing for God's provision because if I don't take the time to hear what he has to say and I don't, have, I don't take the time to hear what he has to say through his word, through prayer, through other people, then I'm going to miss out on what he wants to do. And, and Proverbs 18 verse 2 talks about that. It says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. 
A fool always wants to talk about what he thinks, but he never wants to listen. So how do you tap in God's provision while you expect setbacks? You realize it's not going to be easy, but you know that he's going to be enough for you. You take the time to listen for his direction. And my last point here is really what I wanted to say this morning, is expect from God. Expect from God. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6 says, No one can please God without faith. Whoever goes to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that seek him. He rewards those that seek him. Can you say that to your neighbor? He rewards those that seek him. He rewards those that seek him. So when you come to God and you trust in God, he's going to reveal himself to you. And the heart of what I wanted to say, it's not linked to you. It's not linked to you. You see, religion will say it's linked to you, but it's not linked to you. God is aware of that. God is aware of your shortcoming. God is aware of the lack in your life, but he's still going to respond to your call. He's still going to move in your life. And this is where we are won by his amazing love. And so we want to see this, right? You know, there's, there's more of his unlimited resources for us. I've got to ask you this question. Do you have a nest in your will? In your will? Right now that you're just saying, hey, it's better than nothing. But you know there's way more. But you're just content with that little line. Don't look at your empty gauge. Look at him that has a full tank. Look at him, how he can provide to you. And that's the story of the gospel. It's the story of grace. So wherever you are, even if I come short in my faith, every time we saw the people in the Bible and the gospel having not enough faith, God still intervened. God still intervened. Yeah, for sure I'm called to live by faith and rely on God. I'm called to go to God. But God is bigger than me. And God responds to my heart when I come to him. Another question I have for you, are you focusing on your empty gauge? Are you focusing on, on you? Look, look at the more that God can do through you. I've said this before, but the last thing I want to experience one day is to arrive to heaven and see God's whole master plan for my life. And I just did one line when he had a whole, whole map. I don't want to see that happen in my life. I don't want to see that happen in your life. And so, so when I look at my life, am I focusing, listen, am I focusing on my empty gauge or am I focusing on his full tank? What am I focusing on? I think that's such a big piece. That can be a turnaround in your life this morning if you let it resonate to your heart. That could be a turnaround when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your own discipleship, when it comes to your calling. There's some of us that you receive the call and God is calling you to do things, but you're looking at your empty gauge. You won't leave your yard because you're on empty and you lost sight of his unlimited resources. Wow, unlimited resources. Can I wrap this thought? There's unlimited resources if you tap into him. If you submit, surrender, come to acknowledge that you have an empty gauge, but you turn to him, 
and he's gonna be your solution and your answer with whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're facing. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.